I'm just going to talk to you briefly now, uh, just this morning as we've come together to celebrate a, a moment in our church's life together, uh, to celebrate this uh, change of name and to celebrate the hope that comes to us in Jesus. We're a church, we're a family, which means that when we come together, there are opportunities to celebrate and there are opportunities to uh, do things together because things are happening in our own individual lives. So just before I uh, crack on with this, I just want to, oh, they've probably got, oh no, Nick and Chris have had their baby girl, Isla, who's probably asleep in there, isn't she? So we'll just clap very quietly and say congratulations. No, let's go then. Well done, that's great. Fantastic, good to see you with us, congratulations. And that's great news. And also, just not so, this isn't really great news, but it's news that we'll share, because Martin, who's been with us for a while now, this is your last Sunday with us, isn't it, Martin? You're going up to Edinburgh again. You went to Edinburgh before, but then you've come back, but now you're going again. And you're probably not coming back this time. Is that right? Are you not sure? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, okay. Well, it might be Martin's last Sunday with us. (laughs) So make sure you see him. Say God bless you. Pray for him if you can uh, before he heads up to Edinburgh. And uh, that's fantastic. Thank you, Martin. Great to have you with us. So I just want to spend a little bit of time now looking at a few verses in the Bible together and seeing what it might mean to us on this morning. So if you have a Bible, you might like to turn to Matthew chapter 12. If you don't, you can pop your hand in the air. Someone, that person right there, Becky, will be uh, having some. She can give one to you. And you can turn to Matthew uh, chapter 12, and uh, we can uh, look at that together. I'm not going to get there straight away, though. Uh, Just say again that uh, this is a special year for us as a church. It's a special year for us because of the name change and stuff like that. It's also a special year, as, as many of you will know. This is the centenary of the church building. So our church building turns 100 years old uh, this year. In fact, in like a month's time or so, this church building will be uh, 100 years old, or at least the start of the church building will. The stones out there were laid in February. So uh, that's a special thing, and that's something that we'll celebrate when the time comes in different ways. Uh, but also we remember, as has already been said, that the, the church isn't a building. The church is a people. That's what the church is. The church is a people who are united in Jesus. And a people have been gathering under the name of Beaconsfield Baptist for over 100 years. They started meeting in a garage before this Bering Road home was built. And uh, while on today the uh, denominational part of our name becomes a Uh, less prominent as we display ourselves to the community and talk about ourselves and all those kind of things. It's important to note that what we believe about God hasn't changed and what we believe about what God has called us to do hasn't changed Uh, and our doctrine and the things we believe they they haven't changed and in fact it's important to note that we're still part of the Baptist Union and still part of New Frontiers and Commission and the Evangelical Alliance. All those affiliations that we had, we still have because our God hasn't changed. What we believe about him hasn't changed. And what we're trying to do in his name hasn't changed. It's just that we believe that for this time and this season, hope is a better word to define ourselves and a better word to display ourselves to the community around us. Well, not even ourselves, really. A better word to display Jesus to the community around us, as he has called us to do. We treasure our past. And this this year, there will be opportunities for us to honour those men and women who had faith over 100 years ago to start a church called Beaconsfield Baptist in this community. 
We treasure that and we honour that. And we believe, as came out during our prayer week this week, which was just such a fantastic time, and thank you for those of us who came and spent time praying. It was a wonderful time together. But just one thing that really impacted me from the week was, I think it was Pete who prayed about there have been seeds sown over the life of this church over that hundred years by us and by hundreds of people who have come before us, who have been preaching the gospel into situations and into people's lives, and seeds have been sown that haven't yet seen fruit. And just because we change our name today doesn't mean that any of those seeds are invalid. All of those things have still been done, and all of those things are things that we are still praying passionately as a church that God would grow and that God would see things happen. So while we treasure and we honour the past, we also recognise that those who come together in this place, uh, you and other people who come together here, less and less define themselves as as Baptists. And it's not something that we are actually calling people to define themselves as. Really, we're calling you and we hope that you will define yourself as a follower of Jesus, as a Christian, not a denominational tag. It's not a denomination that binds us. However important the doctrines and the beliefs that we have are, it's it's not a denomination that binds us, that unites us. It's a person that unites us. And that person is Jesus Christ. It's him who draws us together. It's him who makes us a people, as we have already sung. And I just want to read something from Matthew 12. And please uh, follow along with me in the Bible. I'm going to read from Matthew 12, chapter uh, chapter 12, Verse 15, I'm going to start. I'm going to read through. This is a prophecy from Isaiah, and here we see that it's fulfilled in Jesus. Aware of this, Jesus withdrew from that place. A large crowd followed him, and he healed all who were ill. He warned them not to tell others about him. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Here is my servant, whom I have chosen, the one I love, in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him. And he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break. And a smouldering wick he will not snuff out. Till he has brought justice through to victory. In his name, the nations will put their hope. And we have that now on our wall. In his name, the nations will put their hope. That's a huge statement. Your verse, your Bible, if you have a different translation, it might say, in his name, the Gentiles will put their hope. And what's being said here is that it's not just about the people of Israel anymore. That's what they were believing. That's what they were hoping for, a saviour who would come and save their nation. But it's not just about one nation. It's about nations. It's not just about one generation. It's about generations. It's not just about one culture. It's about cultures. It's about all people finding the truth that they can put their hope in Jesus. That is what unites us. Jesus is the man who won't go away. He's the man who has impacted your life in more ways than you will ever know. The way that you've been raised, the way you respect children and women and men, the way that you've been educated, the way that you've been treated for in healthcare, all these things impacted by the man Jesus Christ, the things that just fall off your lips like they've always been said by everybody, like treat other people like you would like to be treated. Jesus said that. He's the man who won't go away. He impacts every area of our life. He certainly is a man who is good enough to admire. 
But what we celebrate this morning is that he is more than good enough to admire. He is good enough to put our hope in. He's good enough because he came. As we celebrated over the last few months, he he came to this earth. He left the place of glory that he deserved forever and ever to become human and to suffer in that way and to be tempted in every way. And though he was tempted in every way, he lived a perfect life, a life that has never been matched and never been rivaled. He never sinned. He remained honouring to his Father in heaven at all times. And because he lived that perfect life, he was good enough to die the perfect death. The Bible teaches us that on the cross he died and bore the sin of the world. In fact, became the sin of the world. That means everything that you and I have done that dishonours God, that gets in the way of a relationship between you and him, Jesus became that on the cross. And there he paid the price. He took the punishment for that sin so that you and I needn't have to. So that you and I can put our hope in Jesus. So that you and I can say, I know I'm never good enough on my own. I've fallen short and I've done things wrong, but I put my hope in Jesus. And not a wishy-washy hope. Not a, well, I hope it goes okay. Not the kind of hope that this world has become used to speaking about, but a certain, strong, definite hope. Because Jesus didn't only come, live and die, he rose again. The historical fact of the resurrection of Jesus, who after three days rose from the grave, victorious over sin and victorious over death, so that you and I might be victorious over sin and victorious over death that we might put our hope in him and say, I know I could never pay the price for my sin, but I know that Jesus you have, so I put my hope in you. And I know that I could never defeat the grave. It's coming for me like it's coming for every one of us. But Jesus, you defeated the grave, so I put my hope in you. And the Bible teaches us that because of the hope that the nations put in Jesus, they will know life and life to the full here and now, and eternal life when they die. We have this hope. We as individuals and we as a fellowship, we as a church, we as a congregation, a group of people have this hope. One of my favourite quotes is from a guy called Bill Hybels. I quote it all the time. It's from a book called Courageous Leadership. I won't say the whole thing because those of you who have been here for a while will be sick of hearing it because I do quote it all the time. But it ends by him saying this. The local church is the hope of the world. The local church is the hope of the world. Now, is that because we're brilliant? Is that because you're brilliant? No, no, no. It's because Jesus is brilliant. Is that because we're remarkable and you're remarkable? Is it because we've done something remarkable? No, it's because Jesus has done something remarkable in dying and raising again and ushering us into relationship with him and because he wants to continue to do remarkable things. He's not done. He's not finished. Jesus wants to continue to do brilliant, remarkable, amazing things in the world in which we live. And the way that he has chosen to do it is through his church. That's how he wants to do remarkable things. By putting the Spirit of God into each and every one of us. So that when people look at the church of Christ, what they see is Christ. When people see the local church, what they see is hope. You see, we have hope because our hope is in him. And beyond that, we are hope. 
because our hope is in him. We take hope because our hope is in him. We bring hope because our hope is in him. To your streets and to your neighbourhoods, to your next door neighbours, to your mums and dads and brothers and sisters and sons and daughters, to your aunties and uncles and granddads and grandpas and all of these other relations that I'll start copying if I keep going on, to your workplaces, to wherever you go, you, you are hope because Jesus lives in you. We are hope because Jesus lives in us. And I'm just going to show you something now. And if I want to show the world something, to show them hope, I wonder what we would show them. If, if we as Hope Church Beaconsfield want to show the world something, I wonder what we would show them. Maybe we'd show them, um, maybe we'd show them the logo. But actually, I don't think the logo would work. Maybe we'd show them the banners, but I, I don't think the banners would work. Maybe we'd show them the little cards that you got on your way in, but I don't think the little cards would work either. I think there's something better to show them. All those things are good and there's a reason that we did those things, but I think there's something better. I think we should show them you. There you are. There you go. Let's zoom in on some people. Let's zoom in on Baby Corner, Yinka. Can we go in on Baby Corner over there? Fantastic. There we go. And let's pan across everybody. Wonderful. Wonderful. There you are. You might not... Oh, there I am. You might not think that you're very spectacular or very wonderful, and that's okay, because it's not you that makes you wonderful, it's Jesus in you. It's the hope that Jesus has put in you. If we as a church are trying to demonstrate hope to the world, we shouldn't be all, wow, look at our logo, all, wow, look at our website, oh, wow, look at our video. Those things are great, and we did them for a reason, but really we need to say, look at, look at us, look at us, because Jesus is in us. I'm going to love like Jesus loved. I'm going to care for like Jesus cared for. I'm going to be the hands and feet and mind and heart and mouth of Jesus into this world, into the people that I meet, because I have hope and I want to display it to the world around me. That's what this is about. That's what the name change is about. That's what this morning is about, celebrating that we are hope because Jesus is in each and every one of us.